This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, It's hey. the All Love, No Fear Podcast. Hey, Check hey, us out. Hey. It's the All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. podcast uh-huh, podcast. uh-huh. All Love, Oh, No Fear Podcast. Hey. What up? We are here. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. Mernting. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. We here, we here, we here. I also think we did an announce episode last time. So yes, welcome to uh, season three, episode <laughs> 17 of the All Love No Fear Podcast. Obviously, last episode was episode 16, but you know, we ain't announced that. If you know, you know. Right, right. Just like, you know, do your counting you're counting it's it's it works so yeah welcome to season three episode 17 all love no fear podcast we're here word 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 we are here how we you are doing here. today we are here uh i am good i am good i'm good i can't complain that's good um it's thanksgiving week word it's Thanksgiving week. So happy Thanksgiving mm-hmm. to everyone out there. Um, if you're traveling uh, and you absolutely have to uh, be safe and COVID free. If you don't have to travel, just like, you know, listen to the warnings about like, you know, COVID because it's not over. So like, you know, as the Jamaicans would say, um, please do not attend any large gatherings and do all that. It's just it's just not necessary. It's unnecessary. We, we thank you so much for your kindness at this point because y'all is getting ready to get everything shut down because y'all don't want to be inside, but whatever. Word. Yes, happy Thanksgiving. Um, hope you have fun. Hope you eat great meals. Um, I think, you know, this COVID Thanksgiving is a little garbage just because for the house hoppers who go to multiple places and get multiple places, you can't, like, can't do it. it's, it's really a dub. You can't just be taking your COVID from house to house. It's unacceptable. House hopping is the vibe on Thanksgiving. Not for real. For real, because you just get different things. Because people just cook differently; they use different spices. So it's like, oh wow, okay, all right. Yeah, all right. house hopping was a vibe. Yeah, and there's no friendsgivings, and friendsgivings with a lot of people's escape from family Thanksgiving. Yeah. So people people want that friendsgiving many times. Yeah, it's like, uh, well, we all want things. Uh, you can't yeah. have this thing, but we all want things, which is you know, it's very sad. But what are you gonna do? Word, word, word. What are you going to do? So yeah, that's what's been going on. Um, or that's what's getting ready to be going on. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I, I well, I was halfway expecting to make a whole Thanksgiving meal ourselves, but we don't have to. Hey, because we go into a house, but it's gonna be like safe. It's not gonna be like a whole lot of people. It's just you know like five people, which is cool. Um, including us, including us, including we us. are part of the five. So it's lit. Um, and I don't have to make a whole meal, which I didn't necessarily have a problem doing. But now that I don't have to, it's something off my plate that i don't have to think yeah about. we can kind of get our house together and then we'll be ready next year right next year it's going down it's going down our basement i feel like i don't i don't think i'm gonna make a turkey though because i don't like turkey enough to go through all that to make one all right i, I can make the turkey i usually do you do but i'm just saying <laughs> like i'd be cool with the chicken just a really nice really nice chicken you, you, usually people have both 
But for what? Well, I got two pieces of poultry in here. For what? What's the reason? What? What is the reason? You know, we do random things for traditional reasons. This is true. This is true. But it's, I'm always like, it, why y'all got chicken and turkey though? No, this is random things for traditional reasons. <laughs> random things for traditional reasons. Like if you invite people over, people, people, even though they don't eat turkey, expect a turkey. Yeah. Even if they only gonna eat one slice, like I'm a one slice person. Yeah. So that's why I'm kind of like, well, what's the like I feel like turkey's a waste in my opinion for like a small thing that's just like me and you like I'm not gonna eat that so I only say it's cool because we don't eat turkey any other time we never buy turkey like ever so we we could buy turkey one time yeah yeah <laughs> you go one I'm gonna still eat about one slice but no no most people do but yeah. it's just it's people people expect a turkey I guess. I guess they do. They do. It is an expectation that when you come to a Thanksgiving dinner, that there is going to be a giant turkey there and someone's father or grandfather is going to be slicing away at it with uh, a carving knife. With a carving it, knife. It, it, it is a um, it is a good way to, to marinate, to uh, season some stuffing also. That I will agree to. That I will. That I will agree. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good thing for stuffing. Agreed. I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be interesting, speaking of Thanksgiving, um, to see what the uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade is going to look like, because it's not at all what we're accustomed to. Like, they're still doing one, but like they said, it's going to be like virtual. So I guess they'll still have some like people going down the street or whatever, but it won't be the usual numbers and, you know, yeah, the big. probably separated people, not really outside like that. They'll yeah. be separated outside. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anyone can physically come. I think it's just. Uh, well, people gonna be outside. Just say it. If it's gonna be outside, uh, that, that's just gonna happen. That's fine. Um, they they will try to prevent people from gathering, but people are gonna be outside. If it's gonna be outside and you're able to see it, then people will be outside watching it. Mm. That's just that's just how the stuff that's how things happen. Yeah, yeah. I think they're trying to keep <laughs> as many people. Yeah, yeah like they'll, they'll try to like minimize how the how the grouping occurs. Yeah. But if it's going to be outside, people are going to be outside. Because you know people going to go. Yeah. Like, because that's just what they, this just is what they do. This is what happens. Agreed. Agreed. So, yeah, I hope I hope everybody's Thanksgiving is drama-free. Um, you know, just leave the car, leave the room if you have to. If you're over there with, with family members that's doing the most, just leave the room. Go outside. Go outside with the cousin that always goes outside on the trip to the store. But we all know they're not really going to a store. They're just... Just leaving to participate in recreational activities. So p- perhaps this is the year for you to be a part of that. Um, if you've shunned it in the past, you know, depending on how the tension is over at the place you're going to be at for Thanksgiving. So, you know, just something to think about. Just we're just trying to offer solutions and give people a chance to have an enjoyable Thanksgiving. So, you know, work it out. Enjoy. Have a good time. Awesome. Word, 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 word. You get right into it. Yes, let's get into it. Love, Love it or it lose it. Or lose it. Hey, love it. Or lose it. Hey, 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 love it. Or lose it. Hey, love it. Or lose it. Hey, love it. Or lose it. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Thank you so much. Um discovering new talents about you every day. What, what talent really, is this? I don't know. This little beatboxing sound making thing that you're doing here. Um, 
just this is what keeps marriage fresh people it's <laughs> learning that your partner can do things and, and right. being mildly fascinated by it so great yes yeah, so i love it or lose it it's a little segment we have here on the pod um where we you know challenge each other to make some hard choices and potentially ruin our friendships and marriage um <laughs> all, that stuff, all those things yes all those things because people be people be getting like grossly offended by some of the choices that are made and it's like well i guess we can't be friends anymore i don't you know say people you mean us us and our friends who are like why would you say something like that no i'm saying us also <laughs> yes us also that's why i said friendships and marriages i'm just you know it's on the rocks sometimes it's a slumber to lose it we no. end up pulling it back together. But. Why are the rocks? Because <laughs> some of the choices the other person be making, it just be like, excuse me? Who did I marry? Who was the stranger? It's good times. There's a stranger in the house. Took a while to figure out. There's no way you could be who you say you are. When you choose some of these things in our categories. That's right. Apologies for the bad singing. I didn't warm up. So if my voice cracked, I apologize. It's it did not crack. It was wonderful. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you for saying that. But you know, some of them runs ain't go how I wanted them to go, but it's whatever. We moving on. Um, love it or lose it. So we present four options. Um, one person here on the pod usually doesn't know what the options are until they're announced. Um, uh, and we present four options, as I said. Um, one, you have to choose to throw in the garbage forever and ever. Uh never to be used or seen again. And then one, you decide, I love this with all my heart. This is the best thing in the world. I'll never get rid of this no matter what happens. So, you know, we, we have a variety of categories. Oftentimes they center around food related things and today's does. So this week's Love It or Lose It is the Thanksgiving Sides edition. So Thanksgiving Sides, these are the four Thanksgiving Sides. You gotta love or lose. We did? We'll do it again. Let's go. We'll do it again. It's whatever. Mac and cheese. Mashed potatoes. Yeah, I think we do a lot of Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> stuffing. Cranberry sauce. Uh, Mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to hold you. Lose that cranberry sauce as soon as possible. Why? What is the matter <laughs> with you? Cranberry sauce is so good. Never like cranberry sauce. Especially on turkey? Oh, my no, God. Mad good. Never like it. Mad good. Always want to throw it out. Why? What's your Never problem? Never excited about it. Meanwhile, I have a whole jar of cranberry sauce from Trader Joe's that I can't wait to open. Yes. Can't wait. Have fun. Um, That's just... <laughs> I'm, wow. I'm never excited about cranberry sauce. Oh, my. That's just... Wow. I anybody, mean... Anybody ever concerned about why, how, like, cranberry sauce and beets are canned the same way? They look the same way in canned? I don't understand why you're here with this negativity I, I, today. Am I concerned why they, they, they're canned and look exactly the same when they're canned? They don't look exactly the they same. They look exactly the same. No, beets look different. The color is different. Not much. Not by much. But it's different. But if you know, you know. I, I don't care enough to know, to, to go that deep into it. That's fine. Creamer sauce is trash. That's what I'm, I do want to point that out. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. That's I'm fine. not excited about creamer sauce at all. So, yeah. Throw that out without without hesitation. Okay, that's fine. Um, I think my lose it's gonna be stuffing. Boo, stuffing's cool. It is, but like I feel like I've had real sketchy stuffing in my life where it, like it looked it good and it smelled it good, but then I ate it and it wasn't. I don't think I've ever had bad stuffing. Oh, I have. I have. I like I've had stuffing, stuffing that's like 
dry like might as well be a cracker as dry as it is and then i've had some that's like too wet and it's just yeah I only ever had it's just it, again well, i think all my stuffing experiences have been positive yeah i've had very dicey uh sketch uh stuffing experiences like i've had good stuffing but like i feel like stuffing is the thing i always kind of look at, at a, on a thanksgiving buffet like yeah, yeah people have have ruined your taste buds yeah stuff. like i I'm, it's the <laughs> thing where i'm always like i'll take like a little itsy bitsy spoonful people and then have, if i like it i'll go back and get more but it's like i've had i've had a tremendous lot more bad macaroni and cheese experiences than stuffing experiences yeah i feel like mac and cheese for the most part has been all right like i've had a tremendous a lot tremendous more um amount and, more of, of, of sketchy mac and cheese yeah experiences yeah yeah stuffing is like real dicey boots for me yeah so, I've, I've had a good but like i like cheese, it I've, I've had so many bad macaroni and cheese because yeah. I'm, I'm always like I, and i'll look at it like <laughs> i think that's the worst part is like when it looks like it's gonna be good and then you taste it you'd be like so but like sometimes, a lot of times macaroni and cheese don't even look good though <laughs> and then at that point you should just leave that there you shouldn't even attempt it. if it doesn't look good you should just leave it that's correct just, and that's what i said like that's what i said like, i feel like macaroni and cheese is it's it's easy it's too easy to mess up yeah 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 (laughs) too easy to mess up like i think what i enjoy about cranberry sauce is that most of the times it comes out the can so i already know it tastes how it's supposed to taste i don't have to worry about it i don't have to stress like a can it doesn't taste like a can it tastes like cranberry (laughs) i don't know what i don't know what your issue is you're annoying it tastes like cranberry it tastes like what it's supposed to taste like like it It tastes like what it's supposed to taste like and it's the right texture. Because I think for me, a lot of my things with food come down to texture. And sometimes I think that's where stuffing gets a little dicey for me. The texture don't always be right. And I like it to be a certain way and people don't always do that. So I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. So stuffing's my lose it. Stuffing's my lose it. What's your love it? Um, I think mashed potatoes. Okay. I like mashed potatoes. Um, you do enjoy a mashed potato. <laughs> you really do. Like... I might make some tonight, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, mashed potatoes yeah. are good. Um, I've and to the point, I've I've very rarely had bad mashed potatoes. Um, very rarely. Uh, yeah, I'm like I, I I'm trying to think if I've ever had bad mashed potatoes either. I'm like very rarely have I. I've ever had very bad, very yeah. mashed potatoes, and I've had very very a good phenomenal amount of mashed potatoes. <laughs> Made well, by me. Yes. Um, Potatoopia has reinvigorated oh my. my Reinvigorated Rest in peace, because I don't know if they still open. No, they're, they're they're gone. They're done. But Potato Topia was a place where like they would choose different kinds of potatoes, and you put whatever you want on top of it. It was great. It was great. And it, then, it was right along that like craze of like build your own stores that people all places were having. Mm-hmm. Like you know they have to build their own pizza, build your like they have to build your own everything now. Mm-hmm. And that was that was in that trend with potatoes, and it was fantastic. Yeah. You could choose French fries, potato wedges, red skin potatoes, regular potatoes. You, it was all forms of potatoes you could choose from. And then just put whatever you want. Any meat, any vegetables on top. Sauces, cheeses. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. So they still have one left in Jersey. In, in New Jersey, in Edison, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Jersey got everything. Jersey got macaroni grill, Jersey got <laughs> Yeah, Jersey got everything. Jersey got everything. Jersey's the vibe. <laughs> Look, friends, we might just have to pack it up and move to Jersey because Jersey, Jersey has the things. Jersey has all the all the places. And they're opening one in Toronto, allegedly. So that's that's right now. I mean, I guess if we go to like Carabana or something, we could we could go by there, see, see what go, the kids are doing. Let's go to Jersey. 
<laughs> I'm just, but I do want to go to Canada, see what they're doing up there. You know, just, just scout know. it out. I'm going to Toronto. I'm not going to Toronto for t- t- no. T- but t- what I'm saying is, while we're there, <laughs> we could go and see. <laughs> we could explore the Potatoopia. Yes, that's all I'm saying. All right. Um. um but yeah, I th- I think I, I like potatoes. I like. It's made well a lot of times. Um, like I said, macaroni and cheese only falls off because I've had bad macaroni and cheese many times. Yeah. I I want to say that my love it is mac and cheese, but it's 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 with the asterisk. Yeah, if, if it's made the great if way. If it's made correctly. Yeah. Because Lord knows, like I come to meals for mac and cheese. Like it's one of my favorite things to eat in this world. I come to meals for mac and cheese. When I sit down to get into it and the mac is subpar, I want to throw the whole plate away. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm mad now. Like the thing that's supposed to be the star of the plate for me is just, it's not starring. Yeah. It's, it's not doing that at all. Yeah, correct. That's what I'm saying. Like it's, it's so many bad experiences. So many ways people are making it. Yeah. Like what are you doing? Like it's. Like there's just some cheeses that don't go in it. Like there's there's just it's people be chopping American cheese in there. It's just a lot. It's a lot happening. I will say I am looking forward to the Instagram struggle plate uh, posts this year because every year there's a struggle plate post on Instagram for macaroni and cheese for macaroni for all the foods really. Yeah. But mac and mac and cheese is like one of the prime offenders because um, you see all all types of things. I'm like, are people doing this on purpose? Because when you have like slices of American cheese, which is like two molecules away from plastic, look it up. And you just put that on top of macaroni and it doesn't melt. Like it literally comes out when it's finished still in the shape of the square. I'm like, what, what are we doing? If, I don't know why you're putting squares on top. Uh, why, why is that what you Like, do? why would you not put shredded cheese so that it can like spread and melt? If, if like worst what? case scenario, all you had was a square, I would cut it up maybe. Yeah, cut it up. Like mix it in. Do something. <laughs> but also American cheese doesn't melt for real. So I don't understand why. That's why I said, because it's like almost American like plastic. melt meant, meant. Meant for American burgers. Yes, like it's not meant for all the other things you kids are trying to do. That's what it's built for. It's built and for perhaps the grilled cheese, if that's what people are into. But beyond that, American grilled cheese. Yes, it's American American cheese is meant for American meals. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much <laughs> for, for American dishes. Right, like mac and cheese is not an American dish, so I feel yeah. I feel like maybe maybe you just should try something else. Yeah, for that. Word because it's just not. Yeah, yeah, mac and cheese is my is my love it. Um, when made correctly so hashtag asterisk um, so yeah that was love it or lose it that was love it or lose it love it or lose, lose it. it hey love, love it or lose it hey love it or lose it hey love it or lose it hey 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 That, that really sent me it really sent me to infinity and beyond so thank you thank you so much anytime where would I be without you honey where living a life of shambles yes yes I don't appreciate how quickly you agreed to that <laughs> I feel I feel like it sounds like you don't have a lot of confidence in my ability to, no, you, have, you, have, to you, have, you have great ability to live my life but you just feel like it's it's shambles because you wouldn't be there I make I make I make things great. You do, you do. But I just I just I just wanted you to have a little more confidence in my ability to like do things without you, and it just wasn't there. I never say you couldn't. You didn't say it could. So I mean, it, uh, it, it 
<laughs> you're not you're not making me feel confident. I think I could. <laughs> you you could. You have the abilities. But what's the topic? <sighs> Stay dodging the conversation. Don't ever want to have a conversation about the real issue. Stay what wanting to dodge a conversation. Topic? So the topic this week is uh being black in the workplace. Black. Black in the workplace. So um I'm a part of a group on on Facebook. I think it's, I can't remember what it's called, but it's. Is it Black on the Job? Sounds right, Black on the Job. <laughs> that that sounds right. Um, and you know, it's it's interesting seeing people like post certain things um, in relation to their experiences in the workplace. And you know, Mark and I were having a conversation about like how different different groups of people are in the workplace and how being a black person is like a job within a job within the workplace. So uh, Mark always talks about how he marvels at my experience in the workplace because it's kind of atypical for a black person in like a professional setting, which I never thought it really was but like I've always kind of been in the higher ed realm in terms of like professional work so I just feel like higher ed is kind of its own bubble but like I guess I'll get into that a little bit later yeah I, I um I, I I think you have like I, I think I think we both have unique experiences yes yes we both have unique experiences which, which I don't I don't see as widespread in terms of conversations mm-hmm. um like my experience has been predominantly minority folk, minority places of employment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think um, when I worked at FedEx office, I had a white manager, but it was still wasn't. But like all the employees were like different uh, different minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I but like even there, I think our district um, manager was a black woman. Okay. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I experienced, like, w- it was weird things that were occurring, but, like, I don't, I never felt, like, limited. Weird things, like, your manager was a cokehead, or, like, what do you the, mean? Yeah, he, okay. he, he was definitely. These are, these are not allegations, these are facts. He, he was definitely on, on jokes. <laughs> these are facts. Um, <laughs> Shouts yeah. to shout the homeboy, though, hopefully doing all right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I think that, um. Like my experience, I was like, um, I, I went from Hampton University. So I, I've I've never had to, I never had a job where I felt like out of place. Okay. Or like I had to like do the dance. Okay. I never had a job like that, which I've seen a lot of my friends, a lot of people have had to do that. Mm-hmm. I just never had that job. Right. Um, Maybe that was. God saying like I know you be wilding because <laughs> you Muslim light you're not set up for all that not Muslim light um, you can't no shade to the to the Muslim shouts to shouts to the to the Islamic but like I, I don't I don't maybe like God knew I was like it would wouldn't work that way for me but like and after um, FedEx office I was just around in black in black spaces most of the time and like even when like I think I did like little like sales jobs if like like if if people were like at the job because I've done like other small jobs but if, if, if someone was at the job and like I felt they were being I was being uh, it was being uncomfortable around me or like they were talking to me crazy or anything like that I was like nah I'm out <laughs> like I, I I never felt like I had to deal with it 
Okay, gotcha. And I think that is the um, where my that's why I say it's it's different for me because like I I never feel like I have to deal with it. I, I'm always like I'm gonna deal with this. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to take this. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> which which is just a different mentality. Um, I think, uh, Kristen, when you do things at work, like I, I hear things and I'm like, I feel as if you have you don't feel like you're boxed in either. I think you've had a lot of unique experiences because either because of your peer group mm-hmm. and the people you were around, like mm-hmm. kind of just assisted with that. Right. Assisted with that in terms of, so it was like, you might've, it might've been everything. Like you might have people of all races at your job, but usually the people who are around you and like, and like a lot of times your friends are the people who hired you. Right. People you know are people who hired you. And yeah. like, so like your management is someone who's you're close with. Right. Who knows your personality already. So it's right. not like someone new. Right. Yeah. Coming in. So like that, that's I also. I never thought about that, but you're right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's worked out. Yeah. Same. Because like, I, I know people who like, who speak out and who are themselves and always it's talk about they get recommended. Girls. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it worked out because after your first job, like ever since then you've been going towards people with people you know right you've been you've been in rooms with like managers or supervisors of people you know so it's like they know who you are right so like you going in is not really like oh why she asked me like none of that was occurring yeah yeah so you know i think you know to your point uh i never thought about that that way until you said it but the last two jobs i've had i've basically been hired by people who i was friends with like I met them at work, but we became friends outside of just the work setting. And, you know, it's not like I got the job because they was my friends. No. I still had to do what I had that's, to that's do. That's what I'm saying. I'm but saying like, it does. You, it, it, it helps the transition. It helps the transition and the understanding. So I feel like, you know, being a black person in the workplace a lot of times. And like I mentioned, like with the group that I'm a part of, a lot of people talk about, you know, being in industries and in spaces where they're not the majority as the black person and so they feel like they almost have to carry the entire like race on their back when they go to work because and especially women I feel have this like thing on our back where we feel like we have to temper how we manage our emotions at work especially when we're in um, workplaces where there's a lot of white people because of that angry black woman stereotype. And, you know, in the group, I see a lot of people post like stories about how if they're quiet, you know, they're perceived as unfriendly and people will complain to HR or to the boss. Oh, so-and-so is not friendly. She doesn't talk to me. And now the black woman in the office has this like cloud over her head that she's unfriendly or she's hostile because she doesn't like socialize. Because I realize black people have a very like, when it comes to work, black people, there are a lot of black people who are very much like, I come here to do my job and go home. That's it. White people, by and large, seem to kind of have a more fluid relationship with work where they're completely comfortable with having like a more friendly, we hang out after work, we do happy hour kind of vibe. And so that's kind of the environment that, you know, they're comfortable with in a workplace. Whereas black people, we're not taught to 
be that kind of way like in our conversation we're, we're, earlier we're, about uh like a couple podcasts back we were talking about like how we're encouraged to like you know be focused on our goal go to school get your education you ain't got no time to be like fool our line and doing all this extra stuff you have things that you need to do yeah, that was last week yeah so i think we we bring that mentality into the workplace and it's not that it doesn't work for us because i still think we get our work done and we do what we need to do but it in unintentionally creates this it unintentionally clashes with the culture of the american workplace when it comes to interpersonal relations among co-workers and it then and like i said it then creates difficulty for black people sometimes when they don't want to play the game of let's be social let's be friends because it's like there's nothing wrong with the person saying i just want to come do my job do it well and go home but it's like you got to do that dance too if you want to like be promoted and be considered for stuff because there was a person who was posting in that group saying you know she because she just kind of does her job and goes home she feels like she's been passed over for certain promotions because the perception of her is she's unapproachable she's unfriendly she's this she's that and so it's like you feel like in addition to doing your job you also have to do the job of like fighting stereotypes or not perpetuating perpetuating is the wrong word or not acting out certain stereotypes that other groups have of black people and it's just like do black people ever get a break like we go to work and we work and we still have to do that stuff too and it's like it's just it's really unfair and it's unsettling and it like really i feel discourages people from wanting to pursue higher because they feel like if every time i try to go up for something it always comes back to I'm unapproachable. I'm this, I'm that. Like it's so much like gaslighting and like emotional uh, abuse practically that takes place like in, in workplace relationships where, you know, the black person is the minority and everybody else in the office is white. It's just, ugh, it's uh, exhausting. I, I, I think it's, um, it's a multi-layered um, thing for me. Mm-hmm. I think, um, Number one, I think we op- we th- our knowledge of work is very workhorsey. Yeah, that's number one, and I think that's how we are raised to mm-hmm. work. We work to be the best at our job. We work to like constantly work because because we're constantly told that black people are lazy, even though we're not. But like we're constantly told that. I'm like, so- we was only lazy when we stopped working for free. But okay, girl. But um, I, I think that's number one. I think we're very workhorsey in how we work. So we're mm. kind of like just work, 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 work. Right. Right. Um, I know that because like I, I, I've seen like um, in, in instances where like people of other persuasions will like be be a lot more fun mm-hmm. in how they operate. Yeah. Be a lot more fun in how they do things. Yeah. Um, Be a lot more fun in like how like... I've I've seen like instances like they people, I heard people talk about in California where like people openly talk about doing drugs. <laughs> people openly talk about doing things that are um that are not usually professional. Like we're we're very much about being professional. We have a certain mindset of how we think the workforce should look, how we should act in the workplace, how we should 
dress in the workplace, how we should move in the workplace. We, we have all these, these thoughts about how we should do certain things. And this, and this, this mindset is kind of translates to everything else. Um, I always talk about like when you have a black manager, a black supervisor, um, and you have a black person, it, the, the workplace tends to be a lot more dressed a certain way, act a certain way. Cause we, we, we have been told, we have been told all the time that this, we have to act this way right. to get a job. We have to act this way at work is to be actually professional, actually all this stuff mm-hmm. and everything. So we translate that into how we supervise other people yeah. and how we expect other people to do. So like it comes up as that we're the extra strict ones yeah. because of that, because we have this certain mindset of we have to act a certain way. We have to dress a certain way. It, it's just, it, it translates to everything else. And like, I think I that plays into do our work and go home and like, no, we we can't go out and drink. That's unprofessional. Like we're always right. like, always trying to be extra professional with everything. Right. Yeah, I I agree. So like in my workplace, like I said, I work in the education industry, and education is kind of like the area where the where the rebels go to to work. Like you know the conversations we have like in in our workplace, it's like social issues are a common conversation because we work with students who are impacted by these social issues like I work for a college where I would hazard to say 30 percent or more of our students are either undocumented dreamers have parents who are undocumented or something of that nature so immigration issues are a large part of the conversation around the work that we do because if we're going to have these students, we need to have certain things in place to accommodate them. So, you know, we have a, our students, uh, I think our population is split, you know, pretty evenly between black and Latino students. So we talk about issues that relate to Black Lives Matter. We talk about issues that relate to um, brown people. We talk about issues we got all different types of sexual orientation. So in my field, I feel like there's no conversation that's necessarily taboo um, as opposed to like other workplaces where it's like, if that's not in the wheelhouse of what we do, we don't talk about that. So I feel like there's a certain flexibility and freedom that comes with the industry I work in just because of the nature of what we do. Like we kind of are a social service. So there's no way to avoid certain topics. So it is there is relaxation in the sense of being able to talk about those things and do those things. But at the same time, there is, you still like as a black person have to, like there's still a certain mindfulness that we have, that we have to carry ourselves a certain way. And to your point about like when black people are supervising other black people, it's like, like I supervise other black people and I just kind of feel like, like I feel like I spend a lot of conversation time kind of being like yeah okay I feel you but like on a professional level like you know you got to carry yourself or do things this way like I understand where you're coming from I get you I I'm 100% I understand the motive or the reason or whatever you're talking about but there's a way to do things there's a way and there's a professional way to get it done because you don't want to be perceived as hostile black person because even though where i work there's a lot of black people um most of my department is black like 
the people that are in like the higher higher up positions that kind of like oversee our departments and do stuff related to funding and stuff like that they're not necessarily always black they're of other racial persuasions and so even though we live in new york city like i would be foolish to think that just because of that people don't have biases towards people of color and towards our students who are plot twist of color so I kind of feel like I always have to kind of temper things even myself even though I feel like I'm very outspoken and I'm I'm also represented by a union those people will never fire me um it'll take years before they ever do it I've been in there too long now but um years but so I I do feel like there's a certain level of comfort I have based on a how my environment is set up and b based on the fact that I don't work in an industry or at least for a company where people get fired all the time so I don't have the same level of concern necessarily about speaking up however even my supervisor says this to me like there is a way to do it without coming across as the angry person all the time because the thing is no matter what I, as a black woman, I can't be angry or be perceived as the angry person. My white counterparts can do it all day and people will just take it as, oh, they're just passionate about the issue or whatever, whatever. Because like, for example, I was in a meeting recently where uh, a faculty member who was a white woman was shading the everlasting life out of the program I work for. And she was dead wrong in everything she was saying. Like just nothing was factual. She was just saying things. And I was just sitting there like, I have to respond to this, but how do I do it in a way where I'm not perceived as angry black woman, but I'm also getting my point across and letting this lady know that she's wrong about what she's saying. And I'm also still keeping in mind that the nature of what I do is collaborative. And so I have to still Put it together in such a way that I can still come back and have a conversation with this lady down the road if I ever need to. Like, I can't just go, ah, like I have, am I a lot less guarded than other people that might work in other types of environments? A hundred percent. And I don't take that for granted because I realize that's not the case for everybody, but I still feel, and I don't know if anyone's told me this necessarily, or if it's just something I've noticed over the years while working, but I've noticed that there's still an expectation that people of color will be, or people of color have to be very intentional in the ways that they say and do things if they want results. Because what I've learned about my job, and I don't know about other people if that's the same thing, but what I've learned is that relationships are what get things done. Like I work in a very bureaucratic organization and relationships is what helps move what you want done to the next level. And very literally, if you tick off the wrong person, you're never going to get what you want out of that particular thing. Either somebody else in your department has to go get it for you or you have to find another creative way to get it. So I'm always very mindful of relationships and things like that and I feel like the black people who are in higher up positions kind of make it it, it kind of feels like you don't want to 
like you almost feel like you don't want to do something that also makes them look a certain way so it's like it's, it's just all this pressure and having to be so careful all the time um as a black person in the workplace that's like really exhausting like i mean i i'm not saying that i expect that you can, people can just come and just do and say whatever they want but it's like it's a very delicate dance that you have to do like even if you are in an all-black workplace it's still a dance you have to do yeah and i i think that that dance it plays into why um black people tend to not be as social mm-hmm. as others because if i um if you feel uncomfortable in mm-hmm. the workplace you feel like you have to do this dance mm-hmm. um because like I've, I've, I've had conversations with people i know where it's like they feel like they're doing this dance all day from nine to five and like now i gotta go out to, go out with them and do this and keep doing this dance <laughs> right that's the thing i'm like, I'm, like I'm in here like i, I, I I'm, I'm coming into work on a train or i'm driving or whatever and i'm like all right i gotta get in here this is how i got to be for the next eight hours and then you want me to come after five too nah now you want to come hang out with you and i gotta still act this way nah nah <laughs> i need to relax okay i need to so, relax so that that plays into why people just go home which tends to hurt them professionally yeah because um you have to do like a lot of the interacting and talking but it's just like having to be on and feel like you're not yourself all this time yeah <laughs> yeah it, it becomes it becomes mentally and socially draining right like i think for me i don't like i'm pretty much mostly myself in or out of the workplace because um like amongst my like peer group i'm pretty much myself the whole time because i feel like at the end of the day, you can say whatever you want about me. You can like me, not like me. It's whatever. But what I do know for a stone cold African-American fact is that I do my job and I do it well. Fight me. If you don't, if you don't like me as a result of something I've said or something I've done, take that up with Jesus or, your, or whoever it is you worship. But what I know is that I do my job and I do it well and no one can argue me down about that. So I feel like because of that, like I go to, well, you know, back when outside was open, I would go to like happy hour events and like, you know, be cool. I would never like go wild and overindulge. I don't know them people like that. Um, There's certain people I would like go a little hard with, like, you know, the Gabby's and the Jordans. But like when it's more mixed company, I'm like, I'll stick to the wine because I don't know you people. But it is fun. But black people, I'm telling you, y'all should go to them after work happy hours. That's where all the tea gets spilled. That's where you find out what really be going on with the office dynamics. That's what I've learned as a result of going to the nine to fives. Because it's like when you work in offices with certain people and you'd be like, what's up with that? What's that relationship about? Like, why, why is it always go to the happy hours, sit there, drink your mind and just listen. You'll get all the tea. I've learned so much about my workplace and how to maneuver going forward as a result of them happy hours. Um, and one thing I will say about those happy hours too, is you get to see like a different side of people who may come off one way at work and they might be somebody that you think is intimidating or or a little scary but like they're just regular because like I've been out with with some people of other persuasions who I thought were just like the most super serious most professional people of all time and you know you go out and have a little fun you know you talk with them a little bit, you get some tea, you find out that they're normal people. And it's like, it changes your perspective on them. And, you know, now you know how to kind of approach them 
um, in a way that will get you what you want um, when the time comes for that. But, you know, don't get me wrong. I completely understand why the idea is like unappealing if you're trying to keep the the line uh, between professional and personal with your colleagues. I completely understand. But there is some merit in participating in those activities. I'm not saying you have to go every time, but there is some merit in it. Like I, I've learned quite a bit from going to the after work activities because I don't be knowing the tea all the time, but then I go and I'd be like, oh, and that's what happened. That's what that's about. Okay. The more you know, the more yeah. you know. So, but that, that, that's the, that, that, um, things like that and things like, um, that happen in workplaces is the reason why people talk about, um, being comfortable in all black spaces and everything in all black workplaces and stuff like that. That's the reason why people are comfortable with that. Cause like outside of the, um, like they still go through the same workplace nonsense cause mm-hmm. workplace is workplace. So you're still going to go through some nonsense. It's just people just feel comfortable that they don't have to do with that. Right, right. So like you'll you'll still go through the same nonsense. You people have act like they have too much power. <laughs> right, acting crazy. Like you you you'll still go through all those things. Cause like that that's what I went through with um the place I go through. Like you still go through workplace things. Yeah, but it's just it's comfortable to not have to deal with what does what do they think of me as a black person? Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Cause there's already enough going on that you have to think about, like yeah. in terms of relation to your actual own, job. Random stuff already. Yeah, like it's it's, it's his own pressures already of trying to get things done. Right. I don't want to deal with that. Also, I agree. I agree. I agree. I think they're thinking me differently if I listen to certain music, like all that. It's just it's just little small things that you don't want to deal with. Right. Yeah. Like like because like some of the stuff even like that you go through. I, I used to hear that. I'm like that sounds insane. Like when when a person came up and asked you about the Gucci Man book, bruh. <laughs> I was like, what's what's happening? Bruh. So I don't know if I ever talked about this, but quick story time. So story time. So one day, this is like I don't know how many years ago, like maybe two, three years ago. Um, I was at a staff meeting. We were we hadn't started yet. We were just sitting around the table waiting for I think the director to come in and start the meeting. And there is this one um uh melanin deficient young man who um the the story of his hiring is very interesting but i can't really tell that on here um but anyway let's just say um nepotism is real and um we're waiting for the meeting to start and i think at this point the only other black person in the office besides me is gabby i think yeah i think all the other ones had left by then and so we're waiting for the meeting and he just turns. We're not talking about this at all. Like he literally just turns to me and Gabby out of nowhere. Like we're not talking about this. We're not talking about anything related to this and says, hey, did you guys read that Gucci Mane autobiography? And I was like, excuse me? Like it was one of those moments where I legit had to make a choice. Like, do I want to be employed or do I want to just like say what I want to say right now? Because I, what I really wanted to say was, not things I can repeat here, but I really like the excuse. Like I felt my brain like do like a slight snap. And I think I was pregnant at the time too. So I wasn't pregnant. Me didn't have no time for nothing. I was just saying whatever I felt like and was just letting people have it. And it's like, well, what are you going to do? Um, and I think I was just like, 
sir what i said so i just decided okay kristen be cool be cool don't snap i said why why would i read that what 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 reason would i would i would i read gucci Mane of all things why would i read that he was like, oh, uh, 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 well, you know, uh, uh, yeah, because, you know, I know, you know, you had mentioned, like, uh, like, you had liked, like, one of his songs or something. I was like, uh, did I really? I said that? Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I just moved on. And I, like, me and Gabby were doing that, like, you know how when you had a meeting with another black person and y'all just be making eye contact the whole time and having a whole conversation? Me and Gabby just made, like, a, had a whole eye contact conversation. But, like, I was just like, excuse me? Like, if white people don't have nothing else, it'd be the audacity. Like, if, what is wrong with you? Why would you ask me something like that? Like, did I read, is it because I'm black? Like, that's what I really wanted to ask. Like, is it because I'm black that you would ask me something like that? Like, Bro, what, the, uh, what of all the things that I could possibly have read, the Gucci Mane autobiography. So it's cause I'm black that I probably like rap. And so I like Gucci Mane because I like rap and I'm black. And so did I read his uh, autobiography? And then of course, uh, my two coworkers, um, decide to troll me and give me the autobiography as a joke in reference to <laughs> what he said. Because I remember it. Cause, what was it? I think it was either right before I went on maternity leave or right when I came back. Uh, Gabby and Jordan took me to lunch and they gave me the book. They were like, in memory of old boy who like left the job. I was like, oh God. But it was just, I, I could not believe that I was asked that like in a professional setting. Like, right before me and like I was so flabbergasted and when I tell you it came out of nowhere like we weren't talking about music we weren't talking about Gucci we weren't talking about anything and he was one of those guys who always tried to be like yeah I'm down with black people I'm down with black things because he would talk about how he loved Prince and we would just be like okay girl like like he was one of those people and so the 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 content of what he said didn't shock me I think it was just no one was talking about that like it came completely out of nowhere and then his fumble answer trying to figure out why he asked us it just further proved it's just like people just be just dense and just be saying all type of wild stuff to black people all day long like i don't go up to white people and hey did you listen to that new fleetwood mac album no i don't uh, why would like just where do people what do people think about when they do these things like what be on people's minds like i just i just don't get it but yeah, that was that was an experience. There was one time I did cuss a white man at my job out. Technically, it wasn't at work, but I told him the same energy that I gave at the happy hour is the same energy I'm going to give in the office. So I said what I said. Um, <laughs> that was a fun time. It was a yeah. fun time. But like even with even with those instances, I think it worked out because of your relationship with everybody there. Yeah, because like I said, if if people ain't going to be able to say nothing else, she does her job and she does it well. And I do it better than the people I've cussed out. So, yeah. And I think you, you were, um, you were your, your supervisor was Alex at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I said. Like, it, it, it's a little different. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I would have changed my actions in either situation. I got but it. But I'm trying to say it. Like, it, 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 it does. It, it did it, help matters. Yeah, it's a little different. Yes, it did help matters that I... Because when I look back on some of the things, like when I was pregnant, I told that girl I wasn't going to do that thing. And I called Alex and told her, look, if she say something, I just want you to know I told her I wasn't going to do it. And did, that was that was did, the end of it. 
podcast people have no idea what you're talking about Kristen. so like <laughs> okay so when i was pregnant as i mentioned i kind of if you know me as a person um she, her she usually has like a low filter i have a very low filter like a lot of times when i'm just over it i'll just say that i'm over it and i'll just be like well whatever so when i was pregnant i literally just had no time for anything Her i just filter was on zero it was on zero it was depleted avery took all all filter i had to help her grow so i just didn't have time for anything and i remember we were doing a search committee for a position and normally when we do search committees like we have a scoring system and it's a universal scoring system that everybody uses and the person who was chairing this committee had like this additional scoring system that she wanted us to use in addition to the one that the college basically advises us to use. And it was all, it was just, it was extra and it wasn't necessary. And it was considering stuff that didn't need to be considered in my opinion. She was making it more complicated than it needed to be. And I remember when she presented it to us as a group, I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just not. I'm going to do the one that the college provides because this, this right here that you're talking about, I'm not going to do. I'm not. And uh, I said it to her face. I'm not going to do it. No, thank you. And technically, this person was above me in rank. Like, she wasn't my boss. She wasn't in my department. But in terms of, like, rank, she was above me. But I said I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> and I called my boss and I said, hey, girl, um, in case old girl call you and say something, I did in fact say I'm not going to do it because I think it's stupid. And I explained to her what it was. And she was like, yeah, it's stupid. She agreed with me. I was like, this is stupid. I'm not going to do it. So if she called and tell you something about me being uncooperative, I, whatever. I said I wasn't going to do it. And that was the end of it. <laughs> and I hung up the phone. And in retrospect, um, that that was not great. Um, that could have gone badly for me. We don't. We do. We do not recommend. I would not recommend it. But like, I mean, I I meant it in the moment. I really wasn't going to do it. Uh, it just it just seemed stupid to me. It seemed pointless. It seemed like a waste of my time, and I didn't have time for it. And I said, Nah, I'm good. In retrospect, I'm like the way I did that was was out of order because I I just told a girl. I said, Oh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Like just like that, I'm not gonna do that. Um, and she just looked at me like, uh, okay. And I was like, I'm I'm not though. And literally when we left the meeting where she was talking about, I went back and I called my boss and I said, Hey, nah, I'm not gonna do that. I don't care what anybody has to say. I'm not. I'm not. I just want you to know what I said. But I'm not. I'm not. Gonna do and I didn't do it. And when everybody submitted their scorings at the end, I was like, Here's the one that I did that the college gave us. And they were like, Yeah, we gotta carry the one. I said, See. This dumb, this dumb ish right here is why I didn't want to do this in the first place because it was complicated and it ended up making the selection progress process for who we were going to interview harder instead of just following the simpler process. I was like, see, I told y'all this was stupid. I told you, but no one listens. I told you. And that was the end of that. But I just was like looking back at it. I'm like, oh, I could have gotten in trouble depending on yeah. on on what the situation was. I could have I could have really messed myself up in some way and like i can imagine if someone hello? did that to me hello i'd be like uh yeah what up man i saw you missed call sorry i missed you man hey what's going on you're live on the podcast right now yes <laughs> we're recording oh. at this very moment hey my bad no you're good I, we're, we're calling because we want to have a happy birthday to you that's all oh thank you guys oh 
It's Love your you guys, birthday. Man. Thank you for the birthday wishes. It's your birthday. All right. This is Mark Francis live on the podcast. Life on la- <laughs> I can't even talk. I'm over here laughing. Live on the podcast. Happy birthday. It's Scorpio season. I think it's about to end, actually. I think it's about- this is the big 4-0 for me this year. Yeah. yeah. Happy 40th birthday. COVID is being really stupid because I feel like we could have done something fun. Wait, what'd you say, Krista? I was saying COVID really messed everything up by being stupid because I feel like we could be doing something fun for your birthday yeah 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 it did it did covid covid is um yeah covid kind of messed up the birthday flow but it's all good you know i still had a good time it was good seeing my mom and seeing my nieces and nephews and stuff so and uh it's always great to get a call from you guys especially when you're potting so yeah and i made and i made it on the show yeah Yeah. it's lit being on the pod makes the birthday complete right now all right all right all right (laughs) that's what's up that's what's up hey Yeah, yeah. So what y'all getting into? What y'all talking about right now? Since I crashed, I might as well know what topic. Yeah, we're, we're talking about being black on at, at the workplace, honestly. Being black at the workplace. I remember those days. <laughs> black at the workplace. I remember you used to send me, Mark Bennett used to send me um, like really dope mixtapes and I used to listen to him at work and he used to put me in a mood and you know, you know how it is. You can't be in that mood when you're in corporate America. <laughs> Yeah, because every everything suddenly becomes what? What happened? What you want to do? It's like, it's like <laughs> what, what you listening to, Mark? Like you wouldn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for you. Can yeah. I just have this? It's mine. It's mine. God damn it. It's mine. Yeah, quick, quick. Yo, I'm gonna let y'all pop, man. Thank you uh, for the birthday wishes. Love you guys. I can't wait to see you again, and I can't wait to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Love you too, Mark. Yeah. All right, All right peace. We'll see y'all later. All right, later, guys. All right, what's up? All right. I was like, who are you answering the phone for? I'm like, Tahira no will be pod. Why is she calling here again? <laughs> but it was Mark Francis this time. Okay. Shouts to Mark Francis, the big 4-0. Celebrations. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. Who are you talking about? Being black in the workplace. Yeah. Um, we, we can move on. It's, it's, getting, it's getting a little late anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We got to move this party along. But yes, uh, we would love to hear your comments, your thoughts, your questions, all that. I'm sure there's stuff. I know there's stuff in my head. I got to start writing things down because I think about things like throughout the week and then I'm like, I'd be hoping I'm going to remember when, when I get to the pod. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. So if there's something we didn't bring up or something we forgot about or something that you think is super relevant, you know, hit us up. Shoot us a text. Uh, send us a message on Instagram, all love, no fear, PCAST. Um, Twitter, all love, no fear, P1. Um, our Facebook page is all love, no fear podcast, I believe. Um, and then we have our email, all love, no fear, PCAST at gmail.com. And also contact at all love, no fear, PCAST.com. So check us out. You know, let us know what you think. Like, we want to, we want to know. We want to know what your thoughts are about being black in the workplace. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shouts to Joe. Um, He's a great singer, by the way. (laughs) Great singer. We saw him in concert like a few, like more than a few, like some years ago in Brooklyn. That man sings. I didn't realize his voice was as as great as it is but he's very underweighted singer shout to shout to joe i think someone was putting a suggestion for joe versus somebody versus i forgot what they were down i'd be interested in a joe versus because joe got hits high yeah. key high key or low key depending on your knowledge of joe but i would be i mean as long as he plays stutter i'm set i don't need i don't need much out of <laughs> i don't need much out of him after that like i'm good 
I wonder who it was they were trying to pair him with. I forgot what they I'd said. I'd be curious to see. But yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that they said the next Versus is going to be T.I. and Lil Wayne, allegedly, next month. I don't think Versus has announced it officially yet, but I saw it somewhere on the internets. So, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't mind another R&B because I feel like we've gotten a lot of rap Versus lately. I wouldn't mind another uh, another R&B and have we had any verses with like R&B guys? R&B guys? Because I know Neo and somebody did one, but it was yeah. more of like a producer tip as yeah. opposed to... Or writer. Or writer tip as opposed to like two males going back and forth. So I'm like, because we've had Brandy Monica. Um, I like, I like you got, if you count the groups, maybe. Uh, No, that was 56 and... um. Jagged, jagged. It was R and B. Jagged seventy five percent. is R and B. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Do not count that. I don't, every time you bring that verses up, I'd be like, "Why you keep talking about that?" It, it, it actually happened. It was the thing. <sighs> Let's all pretend it didn't. Okay. Um, yeah. So up next is our artist spotlight. Do you have the the bio? I do not. Well, you don't have it together. You come to this pod just just doing anything. Just what's <laughs> going on right now? So the artist spotlight this week is Joy Star, and Joy Star is uh, Joy Campbell. She is the sister of Warren Campbell. Uh, he's a producer. Um, you may have heard of him. He is married to Erica Campbell of Mary Mary fame. And um, Warren is a pretty uh, well-known producer himself. Um, he's done stuff with Brandy, um, with Dark Child. He's done a lot of um, music with you know gospel and non-gospel artists. And his sister Joy, she is uh, she was on the uh, Mary Mary reality show they had on WeTV. Um, he was making um, music for her um, on that show as well. So Joy is a recording artist. Uh, she's been on a few soundtracks. Uh, she's been on the Greenleaf soundtrack. She's been on the Jumping the Broom soundtrack. She's been out here getting her music off. Um, so let me see. What else do we want to know about Miss Joy? Uh, so she um, is also a songwriter. Um, she, uh, you know, she's uh, she's done background singing uh, for Kanye West. Uh, I wonder if she was part of that little choir um that he was doing um but yeah it seems like she's very much um in embedded in the music business and she's kind of been behind the scenes and now she is coming forward to give us uh what we need so yes the song mark is going to play is called coco butter by joy star and i believe it's produced by her brother yeah, this song randomly. This song, she randomly came up in my searches about looking for music. I was like, oh, this, and this song was kind of fly. So please listen. This is Coco Bada by Joy Star. It's spelled J O I S T A R R. Coco Bada. Yeah, yeah. I was born, born a G, born a G, who tough for me? Call me Joy, got smiled on me, take my knee, elbows and chin, melting in my skin, ain't this? Say that again, my skin ain't this. I was born and born again. 
Holy Spirit, please let more than holy here. What's the plan? Ocean 11, be no robbing from my brother. On the corner, pushing paper, talking love, but really hate You to work for the nations. I say yes, no obligation. Was the end, it's the beginning. Took my woes and my sins. Wrapped them up, no Bobby Pins. Wrapped them up, no Bobby Pins. Took my woes and my sins. Wrapped them up, no Bobby Pins. That was Joy Star Coco Bata. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah, that sounds cool. Super I like cool. it. I'm rocking. Yeah, she was also in a movie with uh, Danny Glover called Strive back okay. in like 2018. I'm like, okay. Or 2019, I should say. Okay. It's real nice. Like, she's the lead character. She's a teenager living in Harlem. Harlem. In Harlem. So, yeah, I'm like, I got to go get this off the little, I'm going to rent it off a little Vimeo or whatever, see what's going on. But yeah, she's out here getting to the money. I'm not mad, sis. I am unmad. Um, what's up next? Uh, this week in a random. This week in random. Yeah, here we go. So, um, kick it off with the with what the verses. I I wasn't gonna start there, but oh, we can start. We can start. Yeah, so um, I was gonna start with um. Just, you know, just just keep Joe Biden lifted up in prayer because that man is just having the hardest time becoming the president. elect. <laughs> like, it's just he just I just I feel bad. Like that most of these uh, these uh, uh, voter fraud claims have been shot down. So I think we're moving past that now. But now because uh, 45 will not concede, still hasn't. I guess Jared Kushner was unsuccessful. Um it's now creating an issue for Joe Biden to be briefed on the things he needs to be briefed on and make the transition yeah. of power 
easier and i'm just like joe biden with 78 he just why why are you going through all this jesus why they're gonna make it like you ever like start a start a position with no training yeah like that that's basically what he's trying to do to joe biden (laughs) they're trying to throw him in the director position without without a lick of training without Without a manual nothing just without without nobody to transition like yeah like can i can i get some information nah jump in son go and I mean, I mean, I, I'm sure he's pretty familiar with things from being yeah. the vice president, but, but it's just different. The, the, the problem is. And we'll, a lot has changed in the world so, since he was last. So he's going to have to catch up when he first gets in. Right. So all those first hundred days, he didn't do nothing the first hundred because he was trying to catch up. Right. <laughs> so like, all you're going to hear is like, he didn't do much the first hundred days. That's what, that's what well, yeah, because he's trying to figure out what's happening. He's he has to go around. Yeah, gets uh, settled. Yeah, he has to go around Trump to get briefings about like certain stuff, and people are like, "Bro, he needs to know what's going on with like national security and with our international and, relations and, and COVID and COVID." He needs to know these things, and dude is like, "Nah, nah, nah." So just just keep Joe Biden lifted because he's <laughs> old, and I just. I don't feel like he has the energy for all of all of this stress that is being heaped upon him. Like the man is trying to do what he's he's been elected to do and haters hating and won't let him be great. So just just keep him in prayer. Um, so uh, Joe Biden's former uh, partner in governance, uh, President Barack Obama, released a new book called A Promised Land. Um, and the reviews have been interesting, um, at least from the black people of a certain age, i.e. between like 30 and 45, I've seen a lot of them being like, who's the editor for this? Didn't nobody feel like he need to take certain things out? Like he just need to just not put that part or just say it different? Because I guess in the book, there's a part where he talks about Jeremiah Wright, the pastor of the church that he was attending like prior to the whole big scandal. And in the- It wasn't a scandal, by the way. It was a scandal. Like the people tried to make it a scandal, but it, it was. It was not a scandal. I say scandal because he had to basically distance himself from the church and act like they, they made a scandal. It was, it, was, it was a black pastor being a black pastor, and and yeah. like they're saying they they, they 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 pulled three servants up and said he's terrible. I was like, right. word, three servants, and said he hates he hates America or three, whatever. I, three servants. Yeah. I, I mean, he didn't say nothing that was a lie, but that's neither here nor there. You, you know, black servants you can pull and pull it and say the same thing. About several people, but whatever, y'all. Almost all of them. Go off. Go off. Okay. That's, that's how I know white Christians aren't real. Um, <laughs> even though they claim that we're not the real Christians, but that's sidebar. If white Christians believe that black Christians aren't real Christians, what does that make you? Since you're the ones that brought us here in slave ships, gave us quote unquote Christian names, and forced us to be Christians. If we're not real Christians, what are you? Something to think about. Um, hmm. Because uh, I find it very interesting that um, when uh, Barack Obama was attending Jeremiah Wright's church and he said what he said, he wasn't a real Christian. But y'all got Paula White and these Kenneth Copelands and others up here doing what they doing and somehow they're real Christians. Make it make sense, y'all. Just make it make sense. Like, just two plus two not making four. I just want y'all to know. Nope. Um, so anyway... In this book, A Promised Land, which I will probably buy for the sake of buying, but not actually read. Um, And I'll tell you why in a second. Um, He talks about Jeremiah Wright and that whole situation. And the way he kind of says it, he kind of says like, (sighs) like he doesn't really apologize 
for how he just kind of like pushed him to the side and acted like he didn't know him. Oh, I apologize, Jeremiah Wright. To, to Jeremiah Wright. Because basically, Jeremiah Wright's daughter came on the comments of one of the things, of one of the like pieces that was posted about how people felt about how Barack Obama talked about Jeremiah Wright. And the daughter basically kind of, you know, uh, if you read between the lines, like basically that whole situation caused her father a lot of physical stress. Because, as, as, as it would. Because, you I know, a, a person who's been a member for 20 years of your church, dead ass, act, sorry, acting like they don't know you or like they don't understand what you're talking about, but you've been sitting in the, like, it was very hurtful to him, basically, is what the daughter was saying. And, you know, it, it created a lot of, a lot of stress because I guess he felt like he had to defend himself. Because I think in the book, Obama said something like, he preached those kind of service preach or preached those kind of sermons for street cred. And people were like street cred, Obama. That man is who he is. You wasn't nobody before you started coming to his church. Don't try to play like that man was just saying stuff to be seen. You're the one who gained something from attending his church and being a part of that particular faith community in Chicago. And they also brought up how, you know, Obama kind of acted like he didn't know Farrakhan um, when he was uh, running for office and it was like there's no way that you did what you did in Chicago as a community organizer and didn't know Louis Farrakhan stop it and on one hand I understand why he did that in order for him to be as a black man elected he could not be affiliated with anybody who white people thought was too extreme so I understand if the goal was to get to the White House he had to say I don't really I know these people but I don't necessarily share their views because he knew he wouldn't get the white votes that he needed to join the office. So b- believe me, I completely understand the, the strategy and what it took to get him to where he got. I think the issue that people have, it's like, okay, you're not in office no more. It's been some years. Why are you still talking about Jeremiah? Wright? Like, why are you bringing this up? Like it's over. The man has moved on. You've moved on. Why are you talking about it? And I think people were also upset because in Michelle Obama's book, she kind of trashed Jeremiah Wright too. So it's like people, that's, that was the biggest critique of Michelle Obama's book was that she trashed. What, uh, what, what did she try? Like what, what she was basically the, what was the con- said, was the Michelle Obama basically said, I feel like his views were extreme. Okay. And I didn't agree with it. And people was like, but you went to his church for 20 years. Now you think it's extreme. So, and again, it seems like, to people who know him, which I completely understand because I would feel the same way if it was a pastor that I knew and loved, you already basically stood in front of the country and denied him years ago. Why are you bringing it back up again? Like, why are you saying it again? What's the reason? Like, the, the situation's done. You won the presidency. You are a two-term president. You're out now. You're now moving on to other things in terms of being an author, being a motivational speaker, whatever else it is you're doing. Why do you keep bringing this thing up? And it's almost like you keep twisting the knife to keep bringing it up. It's like, what is the point? And if you're going to say something, just be like, you know what? It was a chapter. It happened. I took great things from it. I wish him the best. Like, why do you need to continue to say eight, 10, 12 years later, I thought his views were extreme and divisive to the, like, why you? Why are you saying that? Correct. And I think that's what people's critique is. Okay. Um, I think I do understand your point fully before I continue. 
Um, and I think I I agree with the frustration that he feels. I understand. I agree with why he should feel frustrated about it and everything. Um, I don't know if the Obamas understand the impact of what they did to him. I don't see how, but okay. I because it's you don't you don't. I understand what you're saying, but I I I don't think they do because it's a, you don't you don't know as the person committing it how severe your actions are. You just don't know. You you, you don't like in, in, in like this is a general principle. You don't you don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, they, they 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 say that the um the axe never really remembers it, but the tree does. So it's like you, you don't really know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How bad the impact was. It's, it's like it's like um, the whole Will Smith thing with uh, um, Dark Skin on Viv. Like everybody was like, "Yo, we we see all the cross crazy stuff," but in his mind, he doesn't see how bad it is because he was in his own head. I mean, he's a self admitted attention whore. I got it, but but that's, he's so self absorbed that he literally cannot see. Got it. What's going on with other people? So it, it took to this time now to finally. 20 years later to finally pull it together, right? So is, are you saying it's going to take the Obamas 20 years to finally pull it together no, and stop dragging what I am in? saying is maybe in the, in the response that people are getting that it will be a different, like they might like, oh, I see what's happening. Right. But like, I, I don't know if um, they realize how it, it's, 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 feel, it's like twisting a knife into something. Yeah. That's number one. Um, number two, Yes, I understand the. Uh, it's. I knew Obama was going to come with. There's no way he can come out of a first of anything unscathed. It's, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, as as a black person, it's, it's like Kamala Harris. There's no way she can come out a successful first black anything unscathed. It's impossible. No, I I, I understand. So, but I fully understand it. But it's, it's just in America, it's impossible. Because you you have to, I'm not saying you don't understand. I'm just telling. No, I'm just saying I'm not expecting unscathed. I I guess I'm just sort of like, the ship has sailed on this. Why why Michelle already talked about it in her book. Why are you talking about it now? What I've realized with um people who did memoirs, they're not really thinking about others. That's what I'm trying to say. It's just like they're 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 just writing their thoughts. Right. They're just just like this is what I thought. I'm explaining. They're not thinking about the response. They're like, they're just trying to be honest. Right. Which again, leads me back to the, to the critique that other people had is like, who was the editor? Obviously not a black person. Cause a black person would have told you to take that nonsense out. Yeah. Or rewording. Yeah. So it didn't come across as harsh as it did. Yeah. Cause so, I think the fact that because Michelle's book came out like two years ago and people were like, kind of like, Oh, you talking about this Jeremiah Wright thing again. Okay. But the Obamas are done talking about it. And then to see it again, two years later, it's just like, what is wrong with these people? Yeah. Like, what, what is the issue? So I think that's that's really what the critique comes. And the fact that his daughter, like, literally came on comments and kind of talked about the situation, personalized it. Like, I don't know Jeremiah, right? I've never been to his church. But for a family member of his to be like, yeah, this stuff really did affect my father. And I have a hard time reading these words about him when, you know, I know the story intimately like and how it affected him correct like and so it's just it kind of makes and, and, it hard and, and, to be like 
and 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 I'm gung ho about it because I'm like you're hurting someone. Yeah, who isn't even like a public figure. Like the man is retired. He's home. He's sick. He's not still an active pastor. Like he still does like guest spots, but he retired. Like why are you still talking about that man? Correct. And and like she and she's going leave, to leave it be. And she's going to feel that way. Yeah, she's going to feel that way yeah. because it's it's impacted him. Yeah. So it's and like I I, I don't I don't agree with the. Um, I thought he was too radical. Then why are you part of? I don't agree with that because people are part of churches all the time that they don't agree with everything the pastor says. Agreed. Agreed. So I, I'm, I'm not like they, they agree with a lot of things. They might not agree with everything. Mm-hmm. So they they might agree with um because like I I think even like when the first scandal first popped in before he dismissed him all the way. Yeah. He was saying like I know him as a counselor. I know him like right. Like it, it didn't it didn't like. I didn't say that like everything because because what happened was the 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 context of what happened I believe at the time was the whole thing happened I think the Obama's contacted Jim Wright was like hey can you just like apologize for that Jim Wright was like nah son I'm not apologizing which he shouldn't right because he said what he said correct and he meant it which which he shouldn't but then that's when that's when Barack Obama was like I have to distance myself from him yeah, and 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 that and 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 like he's, I think he was saying he's too extreme with how he responded, because he didn't, he, like you, you know, what I'm with saying? how he responded to what, what extreme with um, and not wanting to apologize for it, and he shouldn't. He shouldn't. Have. I I got it, but I'm trying to say is that's what I think that's what he's saying, because because because. But my whole thing is you addressed it back then. Why are you talking about it again now? And, and, I, and, I understand that. I'm, I'm, and I'm throwing about- it and bringing it like you still look at him as wrong. Like you already said publicly, you felt like he was extreme. He was incorrect. He should apologize or whatever, whatever. You already said that. Why are you hashing it up again and saying that same thing as if you're like, like I, said, I don't feel like he's addressed it appropriately. Like, why are you bringing it up again? We talked about this with somebody else's memoir. I forgot what it was when they were talking about something. I forgot who who you're we talking about, mm. but it's the same same concept. I think a lot of times people in their memoir they're just talking and they're they're not really thinking about the impact. Right, they're just trying to talk about how they feel. Right, which is fine, but I'm just saying like it kind of comes across like you're still trying to be intentionally harmful to him. I, I, I got it, which I, is I, bad. I, I, I know how it comes off, and I which is why that. I feel like who was the editor? Like, how did right. someone read this and not see which, that which, this could be taken this which, way and which, offer a suggestion to like fix it? Which is true. What you're yeah. saying is factual. I, I'm not disagreeing with that. Yeah. I'm just talking about. I understand in terms of writing, yeah, that that might have not been his attention to her. It's just, just how he was feeling. It's how he was feeling. It's how it came across. Correct. It, it, like what you, what you're saying is correct. Who's, who's the editor? I got all that. I'm just talking about his intentions and like he was just writing how he feels. We assume because I don't I don't know Barack Obama. For all I know, he could have been trying to be shady. I correct. Don't know. No, what I'm trying to say is like his intentions. I don't know what they are. That's what right. I'm saying. We right. don't know what they are. We don't know what they are. But what I am saying is that. How it comes off? Yes. It comes off, and to me, it's like for this to be your first, like, body of work that you've produced since being the president. I would think that you would be a little bit more careful about what you include and how you say things, in order to have a, a better reception to I, what you're doing. I, I do. I do want to read it in context. I do want to read it in context because. Um, if it was written like how Michelle's is written, it's dead wrong. 
I'm not saying because that's what made me stop reading Michelle's book. To be honest, when I read that that segment, like I just couldn't. Like I literally read it and I was just like, yo, and I could not pick the book back up, and I haven't picked it back up since because I was just like, that was foul to me. That I just didn't like that. I'm like, it it came off very much like. I'm not like those other black people. I'm above that. That's how, that's the energy it gave. I didn't like it. I just felt like a, the situation's over. It's done. You don't need to bring that up again Two, it kind of came off. Like Jeremiah Wright was some crazy person who was talking about a black people's experience that she couldn't relate to. And I didn't like that. Like I get that that response makes white people comfortable, but I didn't like that. They did that. And I'm like, and so I just I just couldn't pick up her book after that. That's so saying. to hear that he kind of did I'm, something in a similar vein again. I'm not saying what I, I just said. I, I became I, a BFF. Jill. Like I said, I just want to read it in context. That's you, all. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But okay. I'm saying if it's re- like based on the reactions that it's gotten, it seems like it's written in the same context as how Michelle put it in her book. So mm-hmm. I'm like, mm. I'll, I'll, I'll read. Yes. All right. Moving on from this um, to COVID talk. So. uh Restrictions are coming back to New York City and Long Island because people keep acting like COVID's not happening still. Apparently, there was like a 7,000 person um, Jewish wedding uh, over the weekend or the weekend before. And um, yeah, Governor Cuomo was like, this is a blatant disregard for the law. Just blatant disregard. Like Cuomo's getting ready to go over there and fight like on God. Cuomo's getting ready to pull up like how Jeezy pulled up to not not Jeezy, how Gucci pulled up to the... um, to the verses and just going and fighting people because Cuomo was like, I just want people to not die from COVID. Why won't you people work with me? Why won't you help me? When I saw the picture of the wedding, I said 7,000 people. Did there have to be 7,000 people at a wedding? And my whole thing is, yes, this is a particular community in Brooklyn that, you know, has slightly different beliefs about things than the average person. But I feel like it's just completely messed up that these people move around the city after going to an event like this with reckless abandon. Like they just getting on the subway and the bus and wherever, wherever, after having been at an event like that and people who have to go to work and are riding public transportation are now being negatively impacted and potentially contracting COVID from these people who are just quite frankly being freaking selfish. Like, did you have to have a 7,000 person wedding? Did you have to? Like we couldn't cut that guest list down to like 125, like normal people. It had to be 7,000. Like, come on. Like y'all just being ridiculous now. Like, I just, I, I'm just annoyed. Like I felt like if they stayed in their community and just kept their COVID over there, that would be cool. But you interact with everybody else and you just out here just spreading COVID here to anybody who comes in contact with you and you don't care at all like y'all just buried one of the rabbis who died from covid like two months ago and y'all still doing this seriously leave me alone y'all play too much and this is not anti-semitism because every time you critique the jewish people it's anti-semitism i'm i'm not anti-semite at all i'm anti-people spreading covid for no valid reason other than selfishness sorry not sorry um (laughs) Uh, so this kind of came out like last week, like right before we like finished recording the pod, so we didn't get to talk about it, but I want to talk about it today. So, um, Erica Campbell made a post on the socials last week that kind of got people in a tizzy 
essentially she said and erica campbell is uh from mary mary by the way um and she said that you can't sow whole seeds and reap marriage benefits that was that was what the the post said and i guess her thought process was you can't be if you want to be married and to reap the the fruit of marriage you can't be a hoe pre-marriage and i was like well your husband's a hoe and according to the street so are you so what are we talking about here y'all seem to be married and have been for the last 19 years so what what's this conversation it's it's not real um and the, the people dragged her. The people was like, girl, you need to be worrying about your husband and your brother-in-law who is out here being hoes. So, duh. Apparently, yeah, uh, it only applies to women, I guess. That's the part. That's the part. Because people were in the comments like, does this apply to men? Because your husband's a hoe. You told people about that, it. That was playing whole seeds all, all the time. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just want to say this. And I know that there might be people who disagree with me for what I'm about to say. But none of that is true. No, it's, none, it's, it's completely wrong. None of it is true. It's all incorrect. It's all incorrect. Mark and I have sown whole seeds. Here we are. <laughs> Married. Doing great. Living our best life. Proof that that whole sowing whole seeds nonsense is exactly that. Nonsense. I'm not saying that you should just be out here no, don't, don't, wilding. Don't be, don't be out here wilding. Don't, don't be out here wilding. But do not, like, there is no logical or scientific proof yeah. that people, that suggests that not hoeing leads to marriage. There are people who haven't hoed anywhere ever and they're still not married to anyone. And correct. they probably never will be because plot twist, marriage is not an achievement. Marriage is not a prize. Marriage is not the be all and end all. It is not a determinant of worth. It's none of those things. It's just saying publicly to the government and to God, I would like to be with this person for the rest of my life and do fun things together. That's it. Cause then her argument was, Oh, well, you know, you got to be careful because marriage is a ministry. It is not. I don't believe that there are people who do. I don't believe that marriage is a partnership between two people deciding that they're going to live life together. To me, marriage is a ministry just puts an additional pressure on an already difficult relationship dynamic that is hard to maintain without it also having be having to be a ministry to people. And I remember when I brought this up to Mark, Mark was like, so do we get an elder? Do we get a budget uh, for events? Like what's, what's the marriages and ministry scope look like? So I think we need to divorce ourselves from the marriages and ministry. Marriage is an achievement marriage means that you're favored by God. Like none of that is true. People get married every day and it don't have nothing to do with any of the things that we equate marriage with. Also as a sidebar, being married doesn't mean that you are now an authority on marriage. Just to be clear. Um, Cause I feel like people you're, feel you're only authority on your own. Yes. And that's questionable at best. Yes. Um, but you're not <laughs> suddenly now qualified to teach other people about marriage or what it means to be married. Cause I saw a post of some young lady who had been married for like six months and her and her husband are doing like, I guess like a, a workshop series or classes or something about like a, uh, along the lines of how to get married and stay married. Girl, you've been married for, Six months. You don't have anything to talk to anybody about. 
you don't know anything about anything. You just don't. I don't understand why you would like the fact people are trying to like market marriage and make like a business out of it. And I'm just like, y'all got to chill. Like being married doesn't make you an authority on, on anything. You can't teach anybody anything just because you're married. Like you don't suddenly get like this wealth of information because you put on a ring and sign a paper. Like it just, it don't make sense. Like y'all just, y'all got to stop for real. Just to stop. Yeah. You like, sound crazy. I, um, yeah, I, I realize that happens a lot. Like people try to, I still christen this. I, I worry about anybody who like overemphasizes their marriage. Anybody yeah. who like who like overemphasizes how great their marriage is, I'm always worried about. I'm always like, eh, I don't be trusting eh, it. I just be like, uh huh, okay. If you overemphasize how great it is, I'm always like, like whenever you giving me all them joint Facebook posts all the time. Oh my god, we're so happy, we're so in love. I'm like, okay, okay. I don't know why you have to tell me, but okay, cool story, cool story. And some people they really are like that's legit. Like they're just very expressive people. And then other times you see people posting all this and then a year or two later. So after pr- uh, prayer and thought and consideration, we've decided to go our separate ways. Please respect our privacy. And I was like, yeah, can't say I'm surprised to see that have happened. Um, and it's not hating or anything like that. It's just like, I think sometimes people put like this, people worship marriage almost. And they put this like premium on it of, of it being this like be all end all life achievement. And it's not. Graduating from college, getting a PhD, getting a master's, that's a life achievement. Uh, you know, successfully raising a child to adulthood and they haven't gotten into anything, that's a life achievement. Um, you know, doing whatever it is that makes you feel like you're living your purpose on this earth, that's life achievement. Marrying somebody is not. It's just not. I'm sorry. I said what I said. Um, moving on speaking of, of the word ho um, so Kevin Hart's uh, special came out this past week and um, I got a few keys from it um, people didn't think it was funny but people generally don't think Kevin Hart's funny I mostly think he's overrated but I did I did get a few a few key keys from from the show um, but the thing that has people up in arms the most um, is because in one of the um, segments he was talking about his kids as he always does in his comedy specials and he talked about his 13 year old daughter and he called her hoe because he was talking about how she like was saying she liked a different guy every week, et cetera, et cetera. And people are like, er, and I'm not going front. When he said it, I was like, and you could hear even the people in the audience were kind of like, it was kind of like a weird, like, <laughs> kind of laugh. And I was just like, Kevin, Kevin, like, why won't Kevin listen to anybody? Like, it's not like, bro, it's, it's in the era of me too. And all these things, like, it's just not, it's just not a thing to do. Like, again, where are the editors? Where are the, where are the people who tell people, hey, this is not going to go over how you think it's going to go over. Like, I understood what he was, he was trying to make a joke about, you know, a teenage girl doing what normal teenage girls do. But also, like, you got to read the room and read the climate. Like, first of all, with everything to do with the whole me too thing you got to be careful with a lot of things secondly we have a history especially in the black community 
of labeling young girls as fast and calling them hoes and saying things like that because they expressed interest in boys. So with that knowledge and with that information, also with the knowledge of you still haven't told us what happened in that goddamn car accident, Kevin. Um, I just, I just don't know if it was the appropriate thing to do in the moment. Um, I don't know his relationship with his kids. I don't know his relationship with the mother of those children. So, you know, I don't know how that daughter is going to take that. I don't know how her mother is going to take that. Like, I just don't know what that whole dynamic is. But given like the climate that we live in, the way people kind of view you, Kevin, based on the things that have happened with you in the last year or two with, you know, the whole sex tape, the whole cheating thing, the whole car accident thing. Like to me, this being your first comedy special kind of coming out from all of that and that awful documentary that you put out. Like, are you just willingly being tone deaf and giving people opportunity to like say things about you? Like, are you doing it on purpose at this point? I think that, um, cause to me, that's not what I would have done if I were him, but honestly, I mean, he's I him. think, um, he is trying to modify. He, he he's trying to um change his comfort level with everything. So meaning, um, he was always a safe comic, right? He was always the person that was safe. He was always the um comic. He didn't really talk about anything. Like he 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 tippy-toed around a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's that's who he was. Like even because like even like the things that people brought up before about being upset with him about it was mm-hmm. tweets from before. Right. He became the safe comic, right? So I I think, um, first I think it's watching Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock because they talk to him all the time, mm-hmm. and seeing that he's trying to, cause, because it kind of starts with doing that. Mm-hmm. Of being outright and just saying and just not caring, because the problem was his his caring. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's trying to make he's trying to be able to be comfortable in his comedy mm-hmm. and say what he wants without constant work. Because because that's where Dave Chappelle is. Right, Dave Chappelle is at a place where he can say whatever he wants. But there's talent levels. I got it. There's talent levels. Got it. But he's trying to get there. He's never going to because the talent level isn't there. But whatever. He's trying to get. I, I said what I said. I got it, but he's still. He's just trying to get to his comfort level. He's not really thinking. He's not talented enough. He should just stick to the rivers and the lakes that he's used to. But he's not going to. He doesn't want to. <sighs> Fix it, Jesus. He doesn't want to. He 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 wants to. We all want things in life, but sometimes we just have to be like those things aren't for me. That's not my portion. And and he realized and like the reason why I think he got here is he said in special where he was like after all the back and forth that everybody was going. What some stuff was valid, some stuff was probably people doing too much. Um, he's like, I just, I, he, he doesn't care anymore about trying to appease the audience, and I think that's kind of where he's getting to now because he, cause I, I feel like. His well, you know what Dave Chappelle has never done. One, one second, one called second. any of these children hoes. One second, one second. Ever. His, his perspective is, I have. I've I've done I've tried to do so many things to cater to everybody else. I've always tried to be safe in everything 
and it's gotten me nowhere. It's got it's well, it's not, it's not got me one but it's it's, it's gotten me several places. It's gotten places, but it, it's it's I'm still stressed out. I'm still like not comfortable. I still had all these scandals against me, which is his doing, yes. But like it's just he's like I've I've done that, and it's still it's still so like what 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 is the point of being the safe comic if I can't like if if it doesn't. Well, you, you get what I'm saying. I understand. I hear what you're saying, but to I'm, talk I'm not, about your own child in that way. Well, it, it depends. It, depends it on, sounds it depends, awful. It depends on the dynamic of their relationship. I just feel like it's not okay. Like I feel like there it's, are great it's, comedians it's, who have made a lot of jokes about inappropriate things, and it has never been their kids. So Kevin Hart can step it up because Dave Chappelle. People will talk about how he talks about transsexuals. Is that? Can you still say transsexuals these days? I don't know. But the way Dave Chappelle talks about the LGBTQ community, people can drag them all day long. Eddie Murphy has said inappropriate things. Richard Pryor, like everybody has joked about inappropriate things. People have some decency and draw the line at kids. And if they, if they make... I don't, know. I don't know if that's true. They don't call kids hoes. I know that. I've, I've, I can't I've, think I've, of any great comedian that we consider to be an iconic great comedian that has joked about their kids and called them a name like that. They might have said their kids were stupid, which is also problematic. I don't like that either. But to call your... And, and, and I think the problem for me is that your daughter is like at a very vulnerable age. At 13, as a girl, you are in a very vulnerable place. You're going through puberty. You're experiencing feelings and things you've never experienced before like it's just a very tenuous time and to me I feel like as a father to a teenage girl calling her a hoe even if it's a joke on something that is so widely seen as a Netflix special is in poor taste and a really really bad decision I understand what you're saying and I don't care what you buy for her what you I, what I, you I, do I, I, do I don't I don't but here's my thing I think Kevin Hart thinks that because he provides this life for his kids he can say these things and they'll understand I don't think that's true he thinks that I promise you and they'll understand because he does this and it's just a joke but what I'm saying is I'm like it speaks to your talent level and your and and your growth as an adult if as a 41 year old man you think that an appropriate joke to make in a comedy special is in relation to calling your daughter a hoe you are like if you were 25 just starting out in comedy i might let you rock you don't know any better you're just making jokes to make jokes you're kevin hart you literally at one point had a movie out every damn month you were doing a comedy special touring the world almost on a yearly basis. My guy, you know better. You don't, you, you are at the point where you don't have to do those kinds of jokes to get laughs. You don't. You, have, you can evolve beyond those kinds of jokes to do something better. And the fact that that's what you're falling back on, it's lazy. It's lazy. And it's harmful. Because that girl can go back and listen to that years from now. That that is gonna be out there. Like it's just in poor taste to me. Like I'm like, bruh. Don't get me wrong. I'm also annoyed that he keeps calling his son dumb. I don't like that either. Like 
stop talking about your kids like that. I don't care what you do in their real life. People don't know you in your real life in your house. All they know is your son's stupid, your daughter's a hoe. That's what they know because that's what you're telling them. That's what you're telling people. You don't make jokes and talk about, oh, my kid's really smart. You don't big your kids up. When you are on a national public platform, you say negative things about your children and you try to couch it in, oh, it's comedy, it's a joke. My, my guy, you've been doing comedy long enough that you can do better than this. Like that's, that's just my, I just, I felt like it was in poor taste. Like when he said it, I was like, I'm like, you're trying to make a joke, but it did. It, it just was bad to me. It was bad. I didn't like it. I, I, I could have done without that whole, that whole segment. Cause if you were a comedian and you said something like that, I'd cuss you the hell out. For, for making it, I don't care how funny you thought it was. I'd cuss you out because at the end of the day, regardless of your career and the jokes, that's still a human being. That's still our child. I got it. And I and he said also in the special, I didn't clear this with Tori. You're goddamn right you didn't because she'd have told you not to say that. Not that, it wasn't that joke. What joke was it? It was something about, her, about his actual. Um... No, he was talking about that. He was like, he was talking, I didn't clear any of these jokes with, with Tori. Correct, but he was talking about that a joke about... I seriously doubt that Tori let, heard him call her daughter a hoe and said, go ahead. I That's doubt it. That's not what I'm talking. I'm just saying that, that she, was, she wasn't talking about that joke. She but what I'm saying that. is, there is no way that that girl's mother heard him say that and said, say that joke. There is no way. I do not believe it. Okay. I don't. I can't oh, think of a single mother who I, would hear something like that and be like, okay. That's not what I'm saying, though. I'm not saying that that's what you're saying. I'm just saying I don't care what joke he was referring to. He did not clear that one with her mother. There is no way she heard it and said, go forward. I don't believe that. I could be wrong, but I don't believe that a mother of a teenage girl would say, oh, tell that joke. That's cool. I don't believe she would say that. I just don't. Versus, versus, versus. The most uncomfortable verses I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Uh, it was not, from, a, from an audience perspective, it was not enjoyable. Um, when Gucci, so we're talking about, in case you don't know, the verses between Gucci Mane and Jeezy. Um, so I guess the backstory about it was Gucci and Jeezy had major beef at one point. And so this was an effort to bring them back together. Um, yeah, we talked talk about last podcast. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know what I was expecting going into it, to be completely honest. I didn't think that they were going to like hug and be like super friendly or any of that. Cause I mean, when you do order a hit on someone that results in them being shot or them shooting someone and them potentially going to jail and all the backstory of what happened with them. I could see how you wouldn't let it go. You know, I get it. So I didn't know what to expect, but I feel like for the most part, the energy of the verses has been very like cool. Even for people, even like the Rick Ross and two chains, like their energy was a little awkward, but it wasn't hostile. Like you didn't feel like, Oh, it's about to get shaken in here. Like the Jeezy and Gucci one felt like it was about to get shaken in there a few times. So they start late, first of all, because it was supposed to start at eight. And I remember it being like 845. I was like, are you sure this starts at eight? Because no one's out here. Like what's happening? 
So I think they but finally the versus the versus um, link started at eight. Oh, okay. But I guess they didn't officially start until nine. I, I don't know. Yeah, like when, when it says ABM, it means the, the link could be live. Okay, so yeah, the DJ was playing music, whatever, whatever. They come out. Um, Gucci's wearing a full head to toe Gucci outfit, from what I can see. I mean, my name's Gucci Man. Why wouldn't I? Um, and you know, Jeezy comes out, and I don't even remember if they really greet each other. Like it's just kind of like a a, and that's there was an a at all. <laughs> like it might have been a head nod at best. Nope, wasn't head nod. They didn't do that. They just walked out. Nope, just walked out. And uh, Stacy, I was gonna say Stacy Adams. That's not that lady name. Stacy Abrams. Stacy Abrams came out. Well, not came out, but they put up a video of her saying, "Hey." It was a video. She was live. Well, I mean, it was on video. Yeah, was, yeah. yeah. She was on a screen talking and basically she was saying um you know let's mobilize everybody to vote in the runoffs in january and this that the third and the fourth you know just for a positive messaging you know G- uh gucci with his, his silly self gonna say hey can you wipe my record um stacy was like um i don't really you know we can see what we can do um yeah yeah but yeah vote in january in the runoff and that was it and then you know there was no intro no nothing they just got started with the bs like gucci went first and played i don't know what the name round one round yeah it's called round one yeah. uh which was like a diss to jeezy like i was like, oh so this is how we starting we not even not even gonna warm up with you know just you know i thought he was gonna give us like a little freaky girl just something cute something light to start the moment he said no I I came I came for the bull today, and and that's that's what happened. So I, I was on two songs with this records. I was on tense from song one. I said, no, 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 don't do this, no, no. And then like it just proceeded to get more and more tense. Um, there were some cute moments, you know, like Jeezy. I forgot how much Jeezy really played a part of my college. Um, cause when he put on the, um, they know, uh, his verse on the, they know remix, I was like, I'll put a cool whip inside jello. I, put, I got my life. Cause that was college. I remember standing on a couch at a lovely function and wrapping that part to my heart's content. Um, good times, but I forget what it was that Gucci played and he was talking mad trash after like, that was, a, um, that was the, the main disc record that they were talking about. Yes. And he was talking mad trash after he played it. And mind you, this whole verses, like they're behaving like they're in a battle rap. Like if you watch battle rap, you'll see like sometimes the guys will turn their back on the other guy while he's rapping or they'll just act like they're not listening to him, et cetera, et cetera. And that's basically how the two of them were acting the whole time. Like, you know, in other verses where you'll see people like kind of vibe into each other's songs and being like, oh, I like that. I like that song. Like they was just kind of acting like the other person wasn't there. And then when Gucci played that uh, that diss track where he specifically references how he killed um, the truth, the truth, where he references how he killed um, Jeezy's friend and, you know, that whole situation. And then after the song is finished playing, he was like, uh, you do something like that again. I'll send you back all of them the same way I sent back the other guy. We smoking on Pookie Loke tonight. I was like, my guy, you got to relax. And then when Gucci, when Jeezy stood up and was like, you know what? You know what? I was like, oh, 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 everybody has to leave right now. Right now. It's about to go down. Because when a black person hits you with a, you know what? And they say it multiple times. They don't want you to know anything, actually. Like, it's just the room's going to start shaking. And I was just a little, a little alarmed because mind you, while all of this is going on, 
Gucci's making mad slick comments the whole time, talking about appraise my outfit. I'm wearing ten thousand dollars worth of clothes right now. What you got on? What you doing? Jeezy responds, uh, "What's your real estate look like? I own half Atlanta. What's your what's your real estate look like?" So they talk about that. Gucci told Jeezy he was broke mad times to his face, like, "Oh, you not wearing no jewelry? Where's your jewelry at? What's up with you?" Like he just kept taunting him and talking mad trash. And Jeezy just kind of sat there and was like, "Okay, all right." But when he finally got up on that, you know what? I said, "Oh, oh, oh, it's it's uncomfortable. I'm officially uncomfortable." Like, <laughs> yeah, like so, someone said it. I think I think. Jeezy knew that he was going to eventually play it. Yeah, like I don't think he he thought. Oh, yeah. like, no. I, I knew he knew that it was eventually going to get played. Right, and I think you know. Here's the thing: if if you did something this awful to me all these years ago, and I've never really been in a space to like tell you to your face all these things that I've been rapping about, when the opportunity presents itself, I'm gonna do it. And I think that's what Jeezy, um, Gucci did. So I feel like Jeezy kind of was like, he might've been annoyed by some of it, but he also had to kind of like hold that L because I'm like, this whole beef really did escalate to what it's become because of an action that you took. Even though you weren't in the room when it happened, it happened on your order. So you kind of got to just, you know, take the L and just, you know, just suck it up. Cause you know, your activity is the reason this is happening. So yeah, it was it was mad tense, mad tense. But at the end, they did the So Icy song together. So it was kind of like, all right, salute, love, respect. It seems like it's squashed. And then they left and went to Compound um, in Atlanta, which is another place where people don't think COVID is real. Because I saw videos from that party and it was packed and there was not a mask in sight, not a one just hordes and hordes of adult men and women inside of this club tightly packed with no mask in sight it was quite alarming but apparently this was the most viewed verses of all the verses that they've done so far because when we were on instagram it's like 1.7 million i think that we're watching from instagram Uh, 1.8 and then i think in total they said it was like 9 million impressions or something like that from this verses, which is like it broke all the versus records that have existed so far. So I thought that was interesting because I didn't think that many people even knew. Cause I was talking to a friend of mine about what I was doing, and and my friend was like, Who? Like my friend had no idea who Jeezy and Gucci Mane were. I don't think a lot no of people, idea. Many people didn't know, but mm-hmm. I think like everybody watching um watching Twitter and Facebook and people talking about it, people came on. Yeah. I think that's kind of what happened. Because yeah. I think people were like saying that people people were probably reporting on it while it was happening. Yeah. So people were like, oh, let me go see what's happening. Yeah. So it was... And I'm, I'm not sure. And they might count impressions after it happened too. Yeah. So they said it was seven, three, wait, three thousand... Child, my life is in shambles. So I think they said it was seven... 7 million plus impressions, number one trending topic, highest tweeted versus battle ever, um, 1.6 million tweets in the US, 3.2 million tweets uh, globally. So it seems, you know, people were very, very um, invested in this versus, which which I thought was interesting because I don't even think Gucci, I mean, Gucci and Jeezy are like the biggest artists that have been on versus, but... I guess, uh, you know, I will say this. Atlanta rides hard for their um, 
for their artists. Cause so I'm pretty sure everybody that live in Atlanta was watching. Like I know a few of the uh of the um what's the word I'm looking for? The the YouTubers I follow that are from Atlanta, they were over there watching going ham. So and they was like people who are like older than me that was like going in and talking about it. So I think um I'm impressed. I am impressed. Not even mad. All the merch apparently sold out on Thursday night in less than two hours. So apparently it was a really, really um, successful um, thing. According to the verses uh, in Instagram, they said this viewership number from last night actually makes verses bigger in ratings than the VMAs, the voice, the billboard awards, the CMAs, Latin Grammys, dancing with the stars or the mass singer respectively on any given night for those primetime shows this year. That's big. That's big. Uh, to have more, more people tuned in than, these uh really kind of big deal kind of shows and and tv programming that's really that's really interesting and i'm 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 proud of them i'm not even mad work i'm not even mad um so speaking of beef so meg the stallion put out an album called good news um on friday and uh the way she started the album i that's a way to start an album um so as you know meg the stallion was allegedly shot by tory lanes like earlier this year and tory's like saying he ain't do it and you know there's all these different stories out and about meg opened the album just being like yes you shot me i said it i'll say it again and just you know it was it, it was great it was an ether beat right yeah and it was it was just go off meg go off i'm happy about it and then she did uh i saw the video for the body song um taraji was in the video and uh, Jason Bolden, who um, styles both of them, I guess, um, posted it on his Instagram. I was like, all right, I see you. I see you. So I'm like, this is super cool. I'm liking it. Meg said, I'm not letting this nonsense hold me down. I'm putting music out. I'm going to be the best me that I could be. So, yeah. Um, in other music news, last week we talked about um, uh, Jeremiah, the R&B singer, how he was on a ventilator. Um, dealing with COVID. I just saw yesterday that they took him off the ventilator and he's out of ICU. So he appears to be doing better. Um, Fred Hammond appears to be doing better as well because we mentioned that he had COVID last week as well. So, you know, keep praying for him because this COVID thing ain't no joke. Um, in other music news, uh, Grammy nominations are being announced this week. Do they normally get announced this early? I feel like they don't tell us till December. But no, sounds about right. Really? I don't know. For some reason, I feel like it's later, but Grammy nominations will be announced this week on the 24th. So I'm very curious to see um, who gets nominated for things. I guess we'll talk about it next podcast, but I'll be very interested to see who gets nominated for things because I feel like a lot of stuff has come out. I feel like Pop Smoke's going to get some nominations because he's deceased. So I'm sure he'll probably get some some kind of something because they do like to nominate people, you know, posthumously. Um, and he might just win too, because I didn't they nominate Nipsey Hussle after he passed and he won yeah. something. So I feel like they're they're gonna do the same thing with Pop Smoke. So I'll be very interested to see what um nominations come up. Um anything else before I go into new music? Um, I was just looking at an article. You know those those articles when they talk about like um insane um experience for a job with the low money. Uh so I'm I'm gonna show you two articles that I see. This is the job posting it says. 
it's for a admin data entry. You have perfect attitude. No perfect attitude. Perfect attitude. What does that mean? Okay. No off day to attend funeral. No uh-huh. off day to go help any friends or family member if they accident. <laughs> this is not real. This has to be a joke. <laughs> it has to be a joke. I was like, "What's happening?" And then I was Ain't like, no way. I was like, "Sir." And then I saw another one. This is for barista. Experience, one year preferred. Education, doctoral degree preferred. <laughs> to make coffee? <laughs> I was like... If y'all don't stop disrespecting people with this nonsense, <laughs> we got to have a podcast about this one day. Because 17 to $25 an hour. The disrespect. I was like, what do, you, what, what do you mean? The disrespect. A doctoral degree to make coffee, my guy? Come on. Stop playing. People really be out here trolling. <laughs> I was like... And then there's another job. There's another job that like requires like... Five plus years of web applications, five plus years of Java, five plus years of JavaScript. For how much two pay? Two years design, five years Java, entry level job. <laughs> entry level. If you don't get out of my face, it's nonsense. And this one's for an internship. And you need three years of video production and three years of video editing for an internship. For an internship? <laughs> like, bro, if I had three years, I'm just getting a job. Like, what are you talking about? This thing is insane. People are disrespectful. And they keep trying people's life, and it's rude. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. This is a graphic design job. Illustrator, two years. Um, Adobe, two years. Graphic design, three years. Photoshop, two years. Pay up to $1 per day. Huh? Up to $1? So those got to be trolls. That can't be real. I refuse to believe that this is what people are doing in a pandemic. <laughs> I refuse to believe that. Up to a dollar? So what are we talking about? Are we starting at like a penny? Like what do we, what gets me to the dollar is what I'm trying to find out. Like what, what gets me to the full dollar? And this is the last one. Um, minimum 12 plus years experience in Kubernetes. And you look at Kubernetes, it came out six years ago. <laughs> How you have 12 years experience in a program that came out six years ago? This is why I say all the time, people just be out here saying anything because, because no. How is that possible? It's it's not. It's not. Like, how does, sir, madam, whoever you are that's posting this, cut it out. Okay? Please stop. Stop playing with people. Nobody has time for these games and these shenanigans. Nobody. So, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. New music. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess well, a lot of people was giving us Thanksgiving things. We are two hours. We, should go. we are two hours. All right, let me pack this thing up. So new music <laughs> came out. Meg The Stallion we mentioned. Good news. Uh, Meek Mill put out something. Four uh, pack. Uh huh. It's like a four pack. A four pack. Yes, it's like I'm trying to find my title now so I can tell you what it's called because I didn't write it down. It's called Quarantine Something or Quantum Something. Quantum. Let me let me not be a liar. Something with a Q. Don't don't judge me, Mark. Don't you judge me. I don't appreciate that judgment from you at. Oh, quarantine pack. That's what it's called. Um, Meg Thee Stallion, like I said, put out good news. Summer Walker put out over it. She's pregnant, by the way. Congrats to her. Um, Jeezy put out the recession too, which he announced on the um, on the verses. Um, Friend goals. Um, that's the name of the Tank and the Bangers album. Um, Saint John put out an album while the world was. I don't know why the name won't pop up. It's very annoying. 
but yeah St. John put out an album um French Montana put out while an album while the world was burning yes while the world was burning I don't know why it wasn't letting me go um French Montana put out an album I, I still don't quite understand the appeal of French Montana but y'all keep letting this man make music so Jeezy did like a song dissing um 50 Cent and <sighs> what's his name Oh, Gucci also put something out too. He also put out a yeah, like all the songs, the greatest little, hits. Yeah, greatest hits thing. Yeah, and he put out so 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 Jeezy put out a song this in fifty. Yes, because fifty cent was I be talking crazy about Jeezy all the time. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't realize they paid attention to one another like that. Uh, Gucci's uh, mixtape or you know re-release of certain songs is called. Trap God Classics, I Am My Only Competition. And I guess the front of it is... Yeah, Judy just 50 Cent and Freddie Gibbs. That seems super random. I didn't even think they knew each other to be dissing each other, so I'm mm-hmm. learning something new <laughs> today. Yeah, because like I think they they were both... And I, and I remember they were both making comments during the verses saying, like, Jeezy is, um, is weak, he's not really gangster, and all, all of those things. That's fine. I don't know. People were saying like the whole versus was staged. I said that no, energy. No. There are some master actors if that energy was staged because no, it, it was, it, it was like the staged. fact that so many people felt that palpable discomfort through their TV screen. I was like, oh no, it was. It's not staged. Um, and Jesus I, 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 DJ was talking mad yeah. trash. I, I, think I hope I, he got a police escort home. I, th- I think. I think. Um, someone was saying this. I think that versus. And like how it ended, I think is the best we're going to get. Indeed. In terms of them, of them just being in the same room and not being hostile. Yeah. I think that's all you can really ask. Mm-hmm. You can't ask for them to be great friends or like just because like to I not to not be hostile is enough. Yeah. Because like I said to somebody the other day, Gucci is an Aquarius. Aquariuses are petty and never forget anything. They'll forgive you, but they're never going to forget what you've done. And if they get the opportunity to talk the trash they've been talking behind your back to your face, they gonna do it. And that's basically what happened. So I think Gucci's always gonna have his head on a swivel around Jeezy. Like he's never ever gonna relax around him. He's never gonna trust him. Like, like they not going to shoot pool or have drinks or do no, dinner. No. They're not doing any of that. Like the, the, the most they're they not can, doing. The most like Jeezy can, would be open to it if Gucci said he wanted to, but Gucci's never going to initiate doing yeah. something like the that. Mo- the most they can do they'll do is is just that. Like maybe the song once in a while. Yeah, but like I don't, don't expect more. Like, and I, I think people have to be comfortable with that. Like they're never going to be like friends. Friends. They're not going to be hanging out together. People, like people think like all all things like that should work. Like they they don't have to wind up as friends. They, no, you just want them to not be hostile. Yeah. So they don't they don't have to wind up as friends and they're not going to because i think they're both at that age where it's just like i'm me you're you and let's just because they're both in their 40s yeah. so it's like all right i'm a grown man you're a grown man we can keep it cute at a function but like this one this friends is, is not gonna be it they just don't want to be hostile because they know that people who follow them will be hostile right because of it yeah because i think during the verses jeezy brought up you know like he he extended the olive branch like part of his reasoning was so many of these young um artists are dying like behind like stuff that we've been keeping up 
over the years and we've been sort of an influence in this stuff and we don't want to do that anymore. I want to do something different. So, I mean, hopefully it has that impact wherein, you know, people squash a lot of this like beef. But I will say this beef is like a completely legitimate beef in my opinion. Like a lot of these beefs be like trash and over nonsense. Like this was legit. This was... This was this was. I, I think someone said that very valid. It was squashed, but it wasn't reconciled. Yes, which is was, fine. Yeah, because I'm like someone's like, dead th- th- at the th- end th- of the day. Th- doesn't have to be reconciled. Yeah, like, like someone's dead at the end of the day. Squ- you just want to be squashed. Yeah, like someone's dead at the end of the day, and there's no way to reconcile that. Because I'm sure Jeezy feels bad because his his actions led to his friend being killed. So he already feels bad about that. I'm sure now that he's grown over time, he already he also feels bad about the fact that he put Gucci's life in danger doing something like that. And then Gucci probably feels crazy that he shot somebody. Like, you know, people talk about a lot of things, but like very few people are really comfortable taking someone's life and being like, well, it was what it was. Like most, unless you have ice in your veins, most people feel like bad in some way, even if it's justified, like they still feel bad in some way. So he's, he's walking around dealing with the fact that he did that and he went to jail over it and had to go through a whole trial and court case. So it's just like, there's a lot of like deep stuff like behind that whole situation. So I just kind of feel like I agree with whoever it was that said what them leaving out and kind of like being, you know, semi cool and not hostile is the most that we're going to get yeah. out of That's out of the situation. Get. That's the most we're going to get. We have to get out of here. All right. We're going to wrap this up. Um, <laughs> we're going to get out of here. Um, yeah. How long have we been on now? Two hours and almost ten minutes. Oh, okay, yeah. So I mean, sometimes you get a long podcast. It you you have something to listen to during Thanksgiving when you want to get away from your people and go to a room. So you're welcome. You're welcome. We've given you two hours of time away from people where you can just do something that's not them. So you're welcome. What? <laughs> um, we're gonna catch you later. Yes, indeed. And with that said, until we, next time, we bid, bid you, you adieu. adieu. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. It's hey. the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. Check hey. us out. It's the All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Podcast. Uh-huh, podcast. uh-huh. All Love Oh No Fear Podcast.